Welcome to the Sea Trade Maritime podcast. In this short episode, we revisit the keynote speech of Esben Paulson, chairman of the International Chamber of Shipping, during the opening of Informer Markets Digital Maritime Week back in June 2020. Esben addressed hundreds of maritime professionals from around the world to kick off the Sea Trade Maritime News webinar, which later moved on to discuss an implementation update of the IMO 2020 regulations. You can find that full webinar in a separate podcast where Sea Trade Maritime News editor Marcus Hand talks to Lloyd's Register, Fleet Ship Management, and INTS as they debate the progress and challenges of IMO 2020. But for this episode, we'll focus in on Esben's keynote address to the industry. We live in most unusual times, socially distant via the wonders of technology that has actually enabled us, if not to overcome the challenges that are being thrown at us all, then at least uh, learning to deal with them as we are just now. At the end of last year, the primary focus uh, at the International Chamber of Shipping and where I envisage the industry's priorities would be over the coming years was on catalyzing the political debate around advancing the deep carbonization of our industry. Just before Christmas, industry submitted a groundbreaking proposal to the IMO to create a US dollars 5 billion R&D fund to help bring forward the technologies that will transform our industry for tomorrow. There's no point in having an ambitious goal like the one agreed at IMO to reduce CO2 emissions by 50% by 2050 if you have no way of reaching it. This was a pragmatic yet ambitious proposal in the context of what we see as the fourth propulsion revolution. We also had the continuing threat of violence and piracy being experienced around the world, a rise in trade protectionism and even environmental protectionism, all of which will have unintended consequences when applied to a global industry like shipping. We continually have to remind those on land that shipping is not like other industries but other industries cannot survive without shipping. We were also looking at phenomenal advances in technology, particularly in the area of digitalization. Here in Singapore, the SSA are one of the institutions leading on the way on on these fronts, and some of these innovations will have a significant impact on the way we all do business in the future. However, as we look to the agenda for 2020 and beyond, Little did we all know that in Wuhan, something so small was going to have such a fundamental and enormous impact on the world, our industry, and our people. On the 1st of January, our industry moved into a new regime of low sulfur fuels. Much work had been done in the preceding year to ensure a smooth implementation of these very major regulations. Not wishing to preempt our discussions today, but we were pleased to note that phase one has gone reasonably well. As we move towards as we move towards first of March, when the transition period was to come to an end, the implication the implications of COVID nineteen outbreak were only just beginning to become apparent. Demand for marine fuel dropped significantly as exports from China reduced sharply. The price differential that many had factored into their decisions to go the low sulfur uh, fuel route or LNG or uh, exhaust cleaning gas systems was diminishing. Then, with the collapse of discussions among OPEC members, 
we witnessed crude prices fall to nearly $11 per barrel, having been over 60 six months before. In normal times, the oil, oil price fluctuation would have been front center of our minds, but we were concerned about a new challenge, concerned about the potential impact of the COVID-19 outbreak on the global economy, let alone on the shipping sector. I remember writing at the beginning of the year to the president of the Chinese Shipowners Association to express on behalf of the ICS the, our sincere support and sympathy to the Chinese shipping community. We are and always will be stronger together. ICS has been providing advice to our members and international organizations. Early on, our Secretary General Guy Platten traveled to Geneva to hold talks with the World Health Organization. It was very clear to us then that industry needed to act and to act fast. One week later, the International Chamber of Shipping issued its first guidance document for the global shipping industry to help combat the spread of the coronavirus and institute best practices. ICS issued its first press statement on the subject as early as March. In that statement, we highlighted that, quote, the issue of crew change that has arisen due to the coronavirus should be of particular concern to the entire international community. Further guidance and calls to governments followed, including the development of a 12-step set of protocols, which IMO circulated to member states and which is freely available on the ICS um, website. What I'm so particularly proud about is that, the, is that the entire sector has been galvanized. We have seen unprecedented levels of cooperation among segments, amongst associations, among ship owners and social partners. And these 12-step uh, protocols which we led together with our fellow roundtable associations, BIMCO, Intercargo, and Intertanko, along with no less than 11 other associations, was a result of an enormous effort by all concerned. Subsequently, we even coordinated the Heroes of the, of the Sea shout-out on May Day, 1st of May, with ships sounding their, horn, their horns in ports around the world, supported by companies and associations in every corner of the globe. I myself went down to the harbour front here in Singapore to listen to the symphony of sound, which was really quite emotional. And actually, I know firsthand that it, what it did for, for crew morale. Our members also used the event to invite ministers to, part, to be part of the shout-out, which provided a kind of hook to elevate the issue of crew change onto the political agenda. There is an amazing video on the, on the shout-out on the ICS Twitter feed, and I, and I saw that even the Irish Navy got involved. However, this is all nothing compared to the contribution made by our seafarers. At this very moment, 1.2 million seafarers are uh, on over 55,000 ships across the world, ensuring that the global supply chains remain open and countries are kept supplied with the food, fuel, raw materials, goods that we all rely on, including vital medical equipment. This fragile supply chain and global trade is now in threat of a logjam due to government inaction and bureaucracy. Seafarers are trapped, in effect, on board ships, isolated from COVID-19, but also isolated from family and friends. Every month, 200,000 seafarers alternate 
ensuring safe and sustainable working standards. But government bureaucracy and a real lack of political leadership has meant that actually 400,000 seafarers are stranded, leaving the supply chains we have come to rely on at a critical risk of collapse. Seafarers have gone the extra mile, extending their tours of duty, and have kept working to keep us all supplied. The shipping industry has done its homework with things like the 12-step protocols that I mentioned a moment ago. Ship owners and port operators are doing all they can to support seafarers, but still, seafarers remain trapped, and this cannot go on. We cannot take these heroes of global trade for granted any longer. The fact that we are over three months down the line and have 400,000 seafarers in need of crew of crew change is completely unacceptable and completely unsustainable. Seafarers do not represent risk. Their job keeps them in quarantine and socially distant, in effect. They are key workers, and they need to be treated as such and deemed as such, because without them, our global economy will eventually grind to a halt. States have a duty to protect human rights that are built on the fundamental obligations of governments. Governments need to waive visa restrictions for seafarers immediately to ensure the smooth flow of global trade. The UK and Germany have shown that this is possible. The likes of Singapore and Hong Kong are catching up, but others need to increase the speed and the scale of action as this is a global issue of massive proportions. Government leaders must cut through the bureaucracy, lift the continuing imposition of travel restrictions on these key workers and focus on the issue now. The solutions do not need a lot of money. They do not lead a lot of complicated uh, negotiations. This is simple. The time for leadership and the time for government action is now. And as an aside, if I may finish, just to say, uh, I recently became a vice president of the Mission to Seafarers. Their work at this moment has never been more important. We are in a fundraising campaign called Flying Angel, and I hope that every person listening to this will go online and make a most welcome contribution. Thank you very much indeed. That brings us to the end of this bite-sized episode of the Sea Trade Maritime podcast, where we've been listening back to ICS Chairman Esben Paulson during his keynote address at the Informer Markets Digital Maritime Week. And don't forget, if you would like to hear the full webinar which followed Esben's address back in June 2020, during which Lloyd's Register, Fleet Ship Management and INTS discussed their views of the implementation to date of the IMO 2020 regulation, you can find a dedicated podcast episode over at seatrade-maritime.com. So until the next episode of this podcast, thank you for listening and goodbye.